awesome. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I took a couple of weeks off, had some rest this summer. But over the past couple of weeks, just kind of as we lean into the next season here, um, into the fall season, um, man, I just really felt like God was just kind of, I was praying about, Lord, where are we going? What are we doing? I don't want to go without you. Um, and um, had a couple of messages here that were free um, before we get into the series in the fall. And I was praying about it this week, and um, I really felt like the Lord was wanting to talk about um, just the presence of God. Like, what is it? What does it look like? And so I kind of sat down and started to write a message. Um, and then I thought, you know, man, we've got two weeks here before we, we start Back to School Sunday. Um, if you look in your worship guide, Back to School Sunday is August 7th. And so what I wanted to do, because we're ending out a season, this summer season, and stepping into the fall, um, and, and I know a lot of us inside of our lives, we're also starting new seasons, right? Maybe a new job. Uh, maybe if you're a teacher, you're headed back to school. And um, I was praying about it, and um, I was going to preach a message about God's presence. And really, when I thought about the next couple of weeks, um, I want us to be prepared as we lean into the fall. Um, I, I've heard this over and over. Uh, man, what we've seen God do this summer is unbelievable. Y- y'all know this, right? We had J- June 26th, we had more people here on that Sunday than we had at Easter. Come on, somebody, right? Um, we had five people that got saved that day. It was unbelievable. And so just kind of as a team, we've talked about, man, we want to be prepared uh, because I really believe that this fall, that God's going to continue to bring new people, continue to, we're going to continue to reach the lost, and I want us to be ready. Amen. We've got to be ready. And so today, today more than anything, if you are a guest today, today's going to be kind of a, a man, this is our heart. This is, this is what we do. This is where we're going. Uh, but man, if you're, you're, you're a partner here and you're already through that, that process today, we're going to get a little ready for what God wants to do um, inside of us uh, in the fall. Um, and so um, I, I, I want to start here. Like, I'm excited to start new seasons. It could be my ADHD. Um, that could be the reason I like starting new seasons. It could also be that my kids are going back to school, and that's a plus, everybody. Come on, somebody. Um, but it also um, could be just, I'm excited because um, here's the thing. The Bible says that God takes us from glory to glory, uh, and, and if what we've seen in the past of what God has done in the last season is any indication of what he will do in the future, like I'm excited, come on, somebody, to step into what, to what God has for us. Uh, inside uh, of the fall. And, um, you, you know, we're about to step into a new season as partners, but we're going to close out. Think about this. I was thinking about this this week. We're going to close out the first year of our ministry. I guess it's a pretty, pretty big deal. Like we made it a year. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Right? We made it. We made it a year. We made, we made it through, man, all of the things. Made it through a little scare of COVID. Made it through all of those things. We're going to close out the first year, step into our second. We're heading out of fall into summer, into a new season of growth. And so for the next couple of weeks, here's what I want us to do. I want us to be intentional and disciplined and prepared to step into the new season um, in the fall that, that, that God has for us in a healthy um, way. I, I want you to know this, and uh, man, if you if you don't remember this, this is this is really really awesome. But but it's truly remarkable. Is it cool if we just kind of chill this Sunday morning? You know, usually I preach and sweat and all that. But it's truly remarkable what we've seen God do in the last eleven months inside this building. Like, just think about it, those of you that have been, it's, it's unbelievable to see, to see what God's done in and through all of us. I mean, I mean, think about this. We, we started from literal nothing. 
August 29th of last year, we had nothing. We had, we had no money, no people, and, and that was it, right? We just started. We had a call of God, and we started uh, with two services on August 29th, and we had no idea what we were doing, no idea who we were, no idea really where we were going. And in the last 12 months, we've seen 43 people, 43 people, 43 people move from death to life inside of this building in the last 11 months. Come on, somebody. That's a big thing. Right? It's good. It's big. It's what we're about, though. So we're about that we're here to reach the lost, right? We've seen 43 people get saved. We baptized 35 people in the last year. I've seen broken hearts healed. Right? People who've lost people in their life, heart broken. I've seen broken hearts healed. Um, we've seen people set free from anxiety and depression. Like literally, I know three people right now that are coming off of Anxiety and depression medication because they do not need it anymore. Come on, somebody, right? Like these are just things because I don't want to miss it because you can miss it. You can miss it. You can miss it. We've seen people for the first time in church, any church I've pastored, in, in, in 11, 12 years of pastoring people, for the first time I've seen people in the church going outside of the church and leading other people to Jesus. Like, it's, it's incredible to see, to see what God has done. We, we, we celebrated as we've seen people physically healed. Like, not weird, but like physically healed. We've hosted our very first encounter. Come on, somebody, those of y'all that went to the encounter. It was unbelievable. We, we, we watched in that we, we that, that was a big deal. Two, two nights we, we, we hosted an encounter. I watched 30 people, 30 people in that encounter get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I watched their lives forever be different, not only in that moment, but I watched their lives change from the months after that. Come on, somebody. Think about this, because the reason I set out of the list all this out, because if you're in it, you'll miss it. And if you're not careful, because we're in it in the routine of it, every seven days we walk into this building and God moves or we have an encounter, or we have small groups and all of these things. People get saved and that's awesome. And, and all the things, if we're not careful, we'll miss it because we're in it. You'll miss the importance of what God has already done, so you won't be looking for the glory that comes in the future if you don't stop at a moment and say, man, God, what you've already done, if you did nothing else, we will stand and worship you. So we're stepping out of this season to see, to see what God's done already. It's really overwhelming when you think about it. We've watched people step into their calling. Step into the anointing that God has for their life. People that we, we, we saw somebody, y'all remember this a couple of weeks ago, we had, we had, we had a, a young lady on the stage and she was sharing about what God was doing in her life six months ago. She didn't even read her Bible and now she, now she sings on the worship team. I mean, that's church. She had to go through the classes and everything first though and get accredited to be on the worship team. I mean, I mean think about this. I mean, there are churches that, that I've been a part of, not, not bad, not good, but but there's churches I've been a part of, they haven't seen 43 people get saved in 10 years. I mean, this is amazing to see what God has done. And the reason that I'm so passionate about it this morning is because if we're not careful as partners at New Life, we'll miss it. We'll end up making it about us and what we like and how we feel and what we want. We'll let the main thing drift from being the main thing and we'll make it about us rather than reaching the lost, which is why we exist. There's always a danger because we are in it. We don't see the, 
the reality of how incredibly special it is. This isn't just a church that you attend because you like the people, but, but a place where healing happens, where your calling is, is brought out and your purpose for your life is discovered. Come on, this is real. I think it's so cool because he's picked us to get to be a part of this, this movement. Like for real, for real, for real. This is the end of the summer, so it's a family message, right? It's just, it's a, but I think it's so cool that, that out of the, the fabric of eternity, God picked us up and put us right in this moment. And, and we've been able to be a part of all of these already cool, cool moments of what God has called us to do. So as we step into this new season, um, just a fall, that's all it is. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. But as we step into the fall, um, I want us to be prepared and ready for what God has for us. Are y'all with me? Yeah. This All right. In order to be to start a new season, maybe you're starting a new job, maybe you're starting a new marriage, maybe you're starting a new life. You got to have two things. Um, I got to have two things if if I'm stepping into a new season. The first thing I've got to have is the presence of God. Right. Like the first thing I've got to have when I step into a season, because I'm going to tell you this: when you step into a new season, it's going to be great, right? Everybody know you get married and it's awesome for five minutes. Right. You have kids, and then you take those kids home from the hospital. You know, they don't even take them out of the room anymore in the hospital, you know? We had our fourth one, um, and I'm like, hey, y'all taking this kid for the night? We're trying to get some. They're like, no, no, we leave them in the room now. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't, you know? <laughs> like, when you, when you step into a new season, ultimately, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have adversity. You're going to bump up against problems. And here's what I'll tell you. If you don't go with the presence of God, you won't have that to lean on, which will be the only thing that will sustain you in the new season. Right? Moses said, Exodus chapter 33, he said, he said, listen, Lord, I ain't going unless you go. Here's what I've learned as we step into a new season, into the fall. We're going to get ready. This week, we're going to talk about the presence of God. Next week, we're going to talk about vision. But in order to step into a new season, well, you've got to take the presence of God with you. Because it is possible, even as a church, for us to go without his presence. Huh? Are y'all awake? Is it just this side of the room that's awake today? I'm just kidding. It's possible to go. We've got to take the presence of God with us. With, with, I refuse to go. Like Moses said, without his hand, without his blessing, without his agenda, without his anointing. I've learned the hard way and refuse to go without him. Because you can. So in order to start a new season, you've got to have the presence of God. But you've also got to have vision. Everybody say vision. Vision's important. Here's why vision's important. Habakkuk chapter 2, just the Bible, it says to write the vision and make it, make it plain so he may run who reads it. You've got to have vision when you step into a new season. Here's why. Because if you don't have a vision from God, and I'm not talking about that where the pastor comes in and says, God said, so we're gonna. Y'all ever been a part of that church? I've been a part of that church. No? Y'all haven't? Okay. And uh, well, what I'm talking about is a vision from God, a direction to move in. Because here's what will happen for your life, for our church, for your kids. If you don't have a vision from the Lord to start that next season, you'll end up by nature adopting someone else's vision. And you'll begin to live your life through their vision rather than the vision that God's called you to live. And what you'll do is you'll begin to live your life through the affirmation of comparison because you're running off somebody else's vision rather than the affirmation and the acceptance of you, the obedience of you walking at the call of God in your life. Does that make sense? So, so you've got you to have the presence of God and you've got to have vision. We need direction. 
in order to do what God's called us to do. You need direction. Everybody. Right? What do the greatest rivers have? Banks. You got to have banks. You got to have a, a vision. You got to have a path to, to run. And otherwise, we're just running aimlessly into the wind of culture and doing what other people do. And God has called us to be specific with what He's called us to do here at New Life. So let's start right here. Let's talk about the presence of God. Here, here's the thing. Um, You've got to have the presence of God to start a new season. And so let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the presence of God. Um, when I when I when I say this to you, OK, are you all with me? This is participatory. When I say the presence of God, what do you think about? It's, it's rhetorical, Sherry, it's rhetorical. When I say this, no, don't no, check it out. Stay with me. When I say the presence of God, what comes to mind? This is what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be good. We're going to wind up somewhere. It's going to make sense in the end. Trust me. Here's the thing. When I say the presence of God, if I say you can't go anywhere without the presence of God, you can't step into a new marriage, a new season, a new job, have a new kid, a new nothing without the presence of God. If he doesn't go, it's not worth worth going. When I say the presence of God, what comes to mind? The thing is, is everybody in this room was raised differently. So when I say the presence of God, it means something different for everybody in this room. Right? I was talking to my son on the way home from the family reunion yesterday. And... Um, and I don't drink anymore, so family reunions aren't even fun, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so um, I just have to grin and bear it, you know, like I just, anyway, um, they ask me to pray like every five minutes because they know I'm a, it's, it's annoying, I'd rather not go, don't tell my wife that. Anyway, um, and he's like, Dad, what denomination did you grow up in? And, you know, I was raised charismatic, you know, and so I said, well, son, we weren't a denomination. Um, we had, we were the fire of God, you know, we... I said, well, he's like, Dad, were you the ones that like where they fell down with the sheets on them and stuff? And I'm like, that's me, son. And, uh, you know, we had feet washing services. It was three hours long. You know, it was just we were going for it. And uh, and um, and so when you say the presence of God to me, I just see people falling down. I see a Jericho march. I see, you know, I see that's why I see that one guy when I was uh, about seven or eight. I, I see him running from the back and diving into the baptistry because the fire of God hit him. That's what I think about when I think about the power of God, the, the presence of God. Well, my wife, she was raised the opposite of that. We owned the Holy Spirit, and she thought, she was like, holy who? <laughs> what, what do you mean presence of God? What does that mean? Is that when we light the candle, right? Because she was one of those candle lighters, you know? That, that's what they did, and it's all good. And, but when I say the presence of God, everybody thinks a different thing. When I bring up the topic of the presence of God, it gets really muddy, really fast, really confusing, really fast. Can I get an Amen. Right? Like it's like, is it, is, it, is it goosebumps? Is that it? Is it when you tell a story about God healing somebody and you get, you see that? You see that? You see that? Is that the presence of God? Is it, is it, is it healing? Is it people being set free? Well, when I say the presence of God, so many things come up. What happens is it gets real muddy real fast. The presence of God is a mystical topic. Would we agree? So one of the things that I believe God's called me to do because I went to school at Okiba is to take things that are really, 
really complex and try to make them simple because here's what I've learned. Everything in the Bible that we have access to, God wants us to use. But if it's too confusing for you to use, you won't use it. If it doesn't make sense to you, you won't use it. If you don't understand it, you won't use it. If you're afraid of it, you won't use it. If you've seen somebody do something weird with it, you won't use it. And let me tell you something this morning. In order to be the dad that God has called you to be, the son of God that God has called you to be, the husband that God has called you to be, the mom that God has called you to be, the believer that God has called you to be, you need to learn how to interact and move and walk in the presence of God. That, that's it. But you won't do it if you don't understand how to do it. So my job is to make it simple, which isn't hard because I'm pretty simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. The simplest explanation of the presence of God I can give you today is the presence of God is the Holy Spirit. What was you wondering which way I was going to go, Sherry? Or? In the Old Testament, listen to me. This is why you've got to have the presence of God. In the Old Testament, it was the Ark of the Covenant. That was the tangible presence of God on the earth. In the Old Testament, it was the burning bush. In the Old Testament, it, it, was, it was one step removed away from humanity. The presence of God was. It was not in us. It was around us. Are you with me this morning? It's really simple. In the simplest form, the, the, the presence of God is the Holy Spirit is it was always a step removed from God's creation. But after Jesus dies on the cross for us, His Spirit, His presence descended on us and lives on the inside of us. Are you with me this morning? The moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the presence of God now dwells on the inside of you. So I want to answer the questions. What is the, what is the presence of God? How do we interact with it? And why should I? That's where we're going today. The presence of God is the Holy Spirit. And it lives on the inside of you as a believer. It is the simplest explanation of the presence of God for us in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, this is what Jesus said. This is how important it is that we have the presence of God in our life. He said, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your what? Okay, we read this together. It is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the the helper the presence the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I go I will send him to you God's presence think about it this way this is the work of salvation and I know we're getting a little teachy and I know y'all don't like that I don't but this is the work of salvation in the Old Testament it was the rod in the Old Testament it was the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament it was the burning bush the the presence of God was around us. Did you know that before you're saved that the Holy Spirit is around you? And then Jesus comes to the earth. God sends Jesus to the earth to reconcile us back to Him, to live a sinless life, to die a sinless death on the cross so that we could be made perfect in the sight of God if we place our faith in Jesus. Does that make sense? So Jesus comes and He comes into humanity. The same thing happens when you get saved, that the Holy Spirit comes in you. Your spirit is now one with God. Ain't that good? All of you good church people are like, well, I knew that. And then when you, when Jesus is resurrected from the grave, that is the power 
That is the example for us of the, Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? This is the picture we see. You cannot go without God's presence. You won't learn to walk in God's presence, use God's presence to your advantage, or interact with God's presence if you think it's too complicated. At the end of the day, the presence of God is the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? So, how do we interact? The second question I want to answer here is how do we, because you can't do life without the presence of God. The second question I want to attempt to answer here, I feel like evil can evil, like I'm attempting to make all these jumps. Um, the second question I want to attempt to answer is, is how do you access the presence of God? That's the first point I have. Because if you don't know how to access it, you won't use it. And if you won't use it, you're just going to live a life like every other, every other bored to death Christian and not powerful and doing the things that God has called you to do if you can't access the presence of God that lives on the... Are y'all with me this morning? So, so, so that's what it is. It is the Holy Spirit. It is on the inside. How do I access it? How do I, how do, how do I access it? How do I manifest the presence of God inside of my life? Number one is prayer. You want to know? It's not, it's, not, it's not this song. It's not this special thing. It's not this thing over here. It's not when the room becomes foggy. It's not when gold dust falls. It's, not, it's, it's the moment that I connect my spirit with God through prayer is the moment that His presence has to come. Biblically, has to come to me. And I'm not talking just praying because I know how y'all like to pray, right? Lord, Bless this, make this Mexican food to the nourishment of my body in Jesus' name. So, so y'all are prophesying like, hey, he ain't going to do it, Sherry. <laughs> he's just not going to do it. He's, he's a good God. He wants you to eat healthy. That's what my wife says. So we interact with, with the presence of God through prayer. Prayer, listen to me. Prayer activates our spiritual life, and it intensifies our relationship with God. Can I tell you this? Your life is as good as your spiritual life. Your relationships are as good as your spiritual life. Your finances are as good as your spiritual life. Your relationships with other people are as good as, you, as your spiritual life. Are you with me this morning? When we pray, when we pray through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, when we pray, I'm not talking about bless this food. I mean pray to quiet your mind, to open your heart, to activate the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm connecting with God. And when I do that, I am overflowed with His presence. Amen, everybody. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it gives us this description. It says, praying at all times. In the Spirit, with prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert and perseverance, making supplication. When I press in and pray, when my spirit prays, I am moving in the presence of God. Did you know that this morning, that when you pray, you're moving in the presence of God? It's that simple. It's that easy. Like, listen, I'm not the only one that is, that, that, that's like supposed to access the presence of God. That's not my job here. I'm not the only one that has, I don't have some secret levers that I pull and God comes down and tells me what we're supposed to do. I'm about 46% sure on the decisions I make, you know? And so if I, if I sound really sure, just know I'm about 46% sure. But here's what I know that when I pray, that I'm accessing the presence of God in my life. It's that simple. What is prayer? Talking to God and learning to listen. That's it. You don't have to pray in King James. 
You don't have to pray like I do. You don't have to pray like Shane does. You don't have to pray like Red does. You don't have to pray like me. Just pray like you. Have a conversation with God and watch in a moment how His presence invades wherever you are inside of your life. Amen, everybody? Here's what happens when... This is why prayer is so vital. Prayer keeps your flesh side in check. (laughs) I don't like that. Because I like to do whatever makes me feel good. That's right, y'all judge me. I like to eat what I want to eat. I like to not deal with my kids and put them on screens when I don't want to deal with them, right? That's why my wife is a good parent, you know? She's like, you're frying the brain. I'm like, well, it's either I fry the brain or I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't care. Here's the second way you access the presence of God in your life, because you've got to have this if you're going to do. We were sitting in a team team meeting this last week, and 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 one of them was like, "Man, Pastor, we're just all so new to this whole church thing." He's like, "We got to make it simpler." And I'm like, "Wow, the presence of God. We got to figure out how to use this because it's so important." The second way you access the presence of God in your life is just through His Word. If you are not confident in the authority that Scripture provides you, you will be a slave for whatever culture says sounds good. If you are not confident in the authority that Scripture provides you, you'll work eight days a week because everybody else does. And you don't realize that God can do more with six than you can with seven. If you're not confident in the authority that Scripture provides you as a believer, you'll be sick and broken and worried and stressed out perpetually, all while having the authority to remove all of that out of your life and to walk into a different season. You understand there is no, there's no relativity to your life apart from God's Word. All you have is the world to measure your life by. If you look at the world, your life will suck. If you're walking God's way. But if you look at the word and you walk God's way, you'll realize you truly are rich. We access the presence of God through through reading his word. If we believe that the Bible, that scripture is the inspired word of God, which we do. That means that when we read it, we are reading Him. You can't know God without reading His Word. The problem is, is most of us have grown up borrowing our parents' faith. We just know the scripture that's on my grandma's pillow on the couch. Can I tell you this? If you'll read the Bible, you'll find uh, 66 books that are about a father who's madly in love with his children. Who is willing to do anything he could to buy them back. The Bible is Jesus. Jesus is the ark and Noah. Jesus is the entire book. It is Jesus. From cover to cover it's Jesus. And why did Jesus come? Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. Religion shows you God's hand. And Jesus came to show you God's heart. You won't know that if you don't read His Word. You won't be operating. It's that easy. You open the Bible. You begin to read it. It begins to read you. And in that moment, you're changed because God's presence is real when you read the Word. I don't know how to... I just I get tired reading. Well, good. I love it when my kids fall asleep in my arms. Well, I don't understand what I read. Well, what did you have for lunch? 
three weeks ago on Tuesday. I don't know. Well, you don't know, but it still sustained you. The Word of God is the same way. It sustains your spirit, man. It's the presence of... Are y'all with me this morning? I'm kind of getting off the... Here's the third way we interact. The presence of God is the Holy Spirit. How do, we, how do we interact with it? How do we access it? Number three is, is through worshiping Him. It's through worship. It says, yet you are holy. Psalm 22 says, yet you are holy. I love, enthroned, some, some translations say inhabit, that He inhabits the praise. As we praise Him, He comes. Not as we sing the song we like to sing, then He comes. Not as we, well, I'm tired, I don't really feel like doing this. I'm just going to hang out, my legs are tired. Come on. But when we posture our heart in such a way that we praise Him the Bible says He has to come and be among us. Not only does He has to, it's His desire. He told them in the Old Testament, He said, hey, tell them to create a habitation in which I may dwell. That, that's what we're doing in worship. It's not just singing a song. It's not just doing three songs and being done. And, well, what are we doing? When I come in this room, I'll tell you this, I'm not coming in whether I know the song or don't know the song. And sometimes I don't even like the songs we sing. But I'm coming in here because I need something from God. I need His presence on my life because I cannot do what I need to do without His presence, and neither can you. Three super easy things you can do to change the atmosphere of your life. Pray, read the Bible, and worship God. Pray, read the Bible, and worship God. Are y'all with me this morning? This is how we, we can make it hard. If you'd like to make it more complicated, you go right ahead. But at the end of the day, I know that you need the presence of God in your everyday life, and you won't use it if it's too complicated. I know I won't. So we pray, we read the word, and we worship him. Not just, in so not just the songs we know, not just the songs we like. That's not what it's about. This is a moment where we come together and we say, God, we want to interact with you. Now there are so many other things we can talk about when we talk about interacting inside of the presence of God. So many other things other than prayer, other than reading the word, other than, than worship. There's a million other roads you can go down on the presence of God subject. Can I get an amen from anybody who's been around church for two minutes? You go right ahead and make it more complicated. If you want to, but we're just not going to do that. All right, I got one more page. Who give me 10 more minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40. Hey, old preacher joke. Y'all fall for that every time. So... What is it? What is the presence of God? It's the Holy Spirit. We've got to have it to go into a new season in your life, in our church, everywhere. How do we interact with it? We interact with it through prayer. We interact with it through Scripture. We interact with it through worshiping God. Okay, what's the blessing? Why should I? Why do I? Why do I need to interact with it? Why do you? Why? What's the why behind the what? Why, do you, why should you interact with the, Holy, with, with, with the presence of God? Why should you read your Bible? Why should you worship? Why should you pray? Because I tell you to. When you access the presence of God in your life, you have something that you do not have otherwise. You have power. You, 
You, you have a power that, that, that is different than, than what you're currently operating under in your human condition. Right? You, you have something different. You're able to tap into. That's why I love, I love teaching people, new, new people, how to worship and, and do what God's called them to do to step into their calling. Because the first time they get sick or the first time they don't feel good or the first time they're insecure about themselves or the first time they're, they're this, that, the other. I'm saying, well, the good news is it's not you doing it. It's him anyway. So get in here. I don't care if you're sick. Because... When I access the presence of God, I have something different than I have in the natural realm, which is power. I have a different set of tools of strength when I access the, the presence of God on my life. Psalm 97.5, it says the mountains melt like wax before the Lord. When God's presence shows up, listen to me, and I ain't trying to get weird. Y'all know that. But when God shows up, so does his power. That's why when we gather, when we sing and you feel his presence, you'd be crazy to not be asking him for something. To not be desiring something from him. That when we gather and they sing and they're getting better. It's awesome. Come on, guys. Y'all went here in the beginning when we started with video. We got live people now. You would be crazy to walk into a moment like this on Sunday morning, not expecting and believing that because God's here, His power is here, and the power to set me free, the power to change the way that I think about this, the, the power to calm the storm inside of my life, the power to help me walk away from this negative mindset, to walk away from this addiction, to walk away from this depression, to walk away from that relationship. Come on, somebody. The reason you want to walk in the presence of God is because you have the access to a greater power. Everybody say power. 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 Think about this. There is no greater power than the power of God. The power to create the universe with words. The, the, the power to create planets, humanity with a spoken word, the power to, to heal the sick, the power to set the captive free, the power to be delivered, the power to be restored. Let me ask you this question. What do you need power for? Are you good? Because I need it to be patient and loving and kind. I need the power of God to do that. Because I can be the opposite. I know none of y'all can. But what do you need power for? Is it to finally quit drinking? Is it to quit worrying and keeping yourself up all night? What do you need power for? You need power to overcome that anxiety? You need power to get on a diet? You need power to to, to go to marriage counseling, hello. To go to counseling, period. I mean, I'm, I'm in my counseling bill at this point is so ridiculous. Like for my kids, I didn't even start a college fund. I just started a counseling fund. You know, they're gonna get some good therapy. Here's the second thing that happens when you operate in the presence of God: is you have peace. In a moment, you can read God's word, read God's word, pray, or worship, and you can call down peace. That has the power to operate outside of any circumstance you have going on inside of your life. Let me tell you this. You are the boat and Jesus is in you. In the moment you can call him to the front deck and the waters have to smooth. In a moment you can pray 
Or you can read His Word. And you can worship. And in a moment, you can say, peace. And man, I'm going to tell you this. Your situation may not get less jacked up in the next 30 minutes. But your heart will get less jacked up in the next 30 minutes. Your ability to see it differently will be fixed in the next 30 minutes. Your, your ability to see that you have power that you didn't have before will, will be in the presence of God. Come on, somebody. In the presence of God, there is peace. How many of you would be honest this morning? Come on, we ain't liars in here. And you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor Mark, I need some peace in my life. The good news is, is you can access it through the presence of God. Philippians 4, 7 says, that the peace of God, which surpasses all what? So your jacked up situation, because I know none of y'all have them, because you're perfect. You can actually have peace in the midst, because the kind of peace that He gives you through His presence with Him is beyond reasoning inside of the world. Y'all ever had that kind of peace? You walk through something in your life and you just, you, you, I got this. I'm, I'm good. I'll be alright. Man, you should be going crazy. It's like, no, I know how to access the presence of God at a moment's notice. It's, it's in me. All I gotta do is pull it out. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your, your hearts and minds. When God's presence shows up, so does His peace. In the middle of your storm, in the middle of your heartache, when we interact with the presence, the atmosphere of our life shifts. It shifts beyond circumstance, beyond feelings, beyond understanding. Why? Because He's here. Not because I have all the answers. But because He's here. The third thing, last thing, here it is, is direction. This is what I find in His presence. How many of y'all would be honest and say you need a little direction in a circumstance inside your life? Amen, everybody. I want you to read this real quick because Psalm 1611, it says, the world makes known to me the path of my life. Right? Is that what it says? You better read again. You're, you're going to be a doctor. It says, who? Who makes known to me the path of my life? Who? Who is you? You, you, you can't, it's impossible to know the path of your life apart from God. I'm talking about the true path of your life. He'll give you direction in His presence. It says, in your presence is the, the fullness of joy. Not, not, not just the worldly joy, but, but the fullness of joy. When I spend time with God, I'm able to get direction on things that He makes known to me the path of my life, not anybody else. Some of y'all need to learn how to get alone until you're not alone. And stop trying to buy affirmation on social media. I'll tell you what, He does this again. I'm about to leave it. You should leave Him, girl. It's like, you, you've been married eight times? What are you talking about? Leave him. 
You ain't got no man now. Talking about leave him. I am, Sherry. I intentionally look this direction when I say that. It's only five times. <laughs> you should have been in the presence more, Sherry. <laughs> hey, listen, just so y'all know, hey, if you're new, I, it's only Sherry. I won't do that to you. I won't do that to you. If you learn to lean into his presence, uh, if you learn to lean into the presence of God in times of decision making, you will. If you don't learn, listen to me, you got to get this and then I'm done. If you don't learn to lean into the presence of God in times of decision making, you will default to making decisions through your emotion and circumstance and you can't afford to do that. You, you won't be taking his direction. You'll just go where your anger goes. You'll just, th th there's nothing too big to need his direction for. There's nothing too small to need his direction for. Let me, let me, let me, let me just give you a real time example. Now I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We were going to get, you know, we were moving from Hinton to here, selling our house, and y'all know the housing market was hot. And uh, so, I thought we'd just put this thing on the market and like we'd have a cash offer overnight. I mean, I'm blessed and highly favored walking from victory to victory, you know? Why wouldn't it be that way? And, uh, and we were looking at rentals because we're going to build, you know, someday when <laughs> the price of a two-by-four is not $86, you know? And, uh, and so we find a couple of rental properties, and one of them was like north of town. It was like five bedrooms, had a big old shop. I could put my boat in, and I was pumped. And it was like so much a month. And I was like, that won't be any problem. Let's do it, babe. And she's like, let's pray about it. I'm ah, don't need to pray about that. And so we do. We start just kind of on the ride home. It's within like 10 minutes. And the Lord was like, nope. I just kind of felt that. Like, nope. Y'all ever have that? That gut feeling? You should use it more often. And, uh, you know, we're humans. We're the only ones that will like, reason away our instincts you know a deer sees somebody it's gone we're like oh they're not too bad well you just got to get to know them right wrong and um <laughs> ain't that the truth huh and um and so we didn't take that house because the lord told us not to the kids were mad because they wanted it it was like it had a it had a it had a ship like a like a full-size ship play place in the backyard like huge Big, I mean, they were loving it. You know, River was like, Dad, you know. And I had to tell him no. And I was like, it'll be all right. Our house will sell quick and we can get this. It'll be all right. But how many of you know God knows what you don't? And if you don't stop to take his direction, you'll do foolish things that will cost you for a long time. You'll come over here and ask him to bless your mess than rather than ask him to go with you with his presence in the beginning. Is it making sense now? And so we didn't take it and here we are. Two months, two and a half. I've made two mortgage payments and two sets of bills for a few months now. I'm glad I didn't take that real expensive house. Glad I listened to the Lord. Because in His presence, there's direction if you'll just ask. Are you with me, everybody? Come on, let's be people.
Let's be people. Let's be Christians that have power. Let's be Christians that have peace. Let's be Christians that have direction. Come on, are y'all with me? Listen, I'm ready to step into the next season strong, on fire, all those things. I'm excited for the next encounter with 30, 40 more people to go through it. I'm pumped. But here's the thing. Like Moses said in Exodus 33, I do not want to go without Him. I do not want it to be my agenda. I've done that. It's futile. So let's go with Him, church. Are you with me?